0: Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it, be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor.
1: Well, hello, my friends. A remarkable show in store for you today. <laughs> You know, uh, there's a scripture in uh, Matthew 24, Jesus, uh, is called the uh, uh, Olivet Discourse. And it's the chat between Jesus and his disciples. And in there, he says, when they're talking about what are going to be the signs of the times and things like that, the the Bible says that Jesus said, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man, talking about them marrying and getting married and uh, eating and drinking and doing all these kind of things. But as you look back at the days of Noah, it was kind of like that. And then all of a sudden the deluge hit and uh, only God's eight righteous were saved and the rest uh, God uh, dealt with them harshly, shall we say, and wetly. Um, my listening friend, we, we have a co-host uh, trying to dial in right now from from um, New Zealand. In fact, he's on the line right now. Let me bring Ross Patterson on for you, and I will introduce you to him while we are on the air. Ross.
2: Yes, can you hear me?
1: We can hear you very very well. God bless you, Ross.
2: (laughs) Sorry about that. I don't know what the issue there was, but... um... It's not easy, darling. it seems
1: <laughs> It's not a problem, not a problem. It's, it's, it's thrilled to have you on with me. I was just setting the stage to our, our listeners' friend, listening friends here, and allow me to continue that, and then I will you and I will hand the baton back and forth because you have so many great things to share with us, but also um, you have some uh, news but also some biblical insights, so we're going to be taking full advantage of you, Ross. I hope you don't mind <laughs>
2: Not at all. Just fire the questions away. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, well,
1: <laughs> what I'd like to do first, I, I, I'm, you know, you and I have talked before or at least texted back and forth before, so, but I don't know exactly the, the, the point of view that you are coming from about the Scripture in Matthew 24 when Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. There are a lot of things, and a lot of different Bible expositors will take different launching points from that, <clears throat> but let me just kind of, right. let me just kind of set the stage for my listening friends, because a lot of those have been traveling with me for years now on some of the deeper things, and some of them are, are brand new to the program or just passing through as they're on on the on the road and things like that. But we are very interested in what God is doing in um, in Turkey, Mount Ar- Ararat, and uh, the excavation yeah. of Noah's Ark. One of the things I like to do, uh, Ross, and I hope you don't mind, I like to blow my shofar to sometimes begin shows. And this particular show, I think, uh, is worthy of a shofar blast because we're going to be declaring some things that need to, as the shofar, need to be paid close attention to. Do you mind?
2: No, look, not at all. <laughs> Go right ahead.
1: Okay, my listening friend, this is a shofar blast from Kaz. You know, the Scripture says that, that in uh, when the Lord comes, he, he will descend with a shout and the voice of his archangel, and the last trump shall blast and the dead in Christ shall rise, and those who are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with him in the air. But there's a trumpet uh, shofar blast tied to that, but there's also trumpet and shofar blasts around feasts and festivals and special days. And I'm declaring this a special day, and Ross and I will talk about Why it's a special day But I'm going to blow the shofar first My listening friend, if you're in the car Just listen intently But if you're someplace where you can take notes You're going to want to pay close attention To what Ross Patterson has to say About the days of Noah And the excavation Of Noah's Ark In Mount Ararat So here goes the shofar blast It's going to be a great show, I can tell you now Here we go, my friends (laughs) Don't you just love that, my friends? <laughs> there you go, Ross. I don't know wow. that you've ever, ever had an intro like that. <laughs> <laughs> is, that is that
2: a genuine ram's horn? Well, it's, it?
1: it's a shofar. It's a kudu antelope horn. It's the larger one. The smaller ones are ram horns. This is a kudu antelope horn. These are both were both used in biblical days, and uh, so wow. so there you go, there you go. But I, I wanted to uh, command attention to the broadcast of this show because you have many things to share. And I don't know whether you're familiar with the, the days on the calendar. It's our July seventeenth. It's your July eighteenth. Is it not on Sunday?
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. Correct. We're um, yes. <laughs> well, today t- t- today marks
1: a, a day in the Hebrew calendar called the ninth of Av, and uh, th- th- this whole the date tied to the ninth of Av is when the children of Israel gave a bad report that they were not able to take the land ten of the twelve and the other two said yes we are able to take it and God gave them the land but what did they see they saw giants in the land and one of the reasons for the flood was the giants were taking control of the world and God wanted to have his righteous people protected and saved and released so that time and this time have much in common so my listening friend I hope you appreciate the time frame that we are in right now as it was in the days of Noah I'm going to hand the baton over to you Ross kind of Give us a, a brief overview of the who, why, what, where, when, and how of Ross Patterson, and then we will delve into some of the meat that you want to share with us. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Ross Patterson from New Zealand. Go, go, go. <laughs>
2: well, thank you, Kez. It's pleasure. Thank you. Um, yes, my name's Ross. I live in New Zealand, born in New Zealand, but I have lived in a few places, London and New York for a while. Um. Not that that matters. Um, the reason I guess we're talking is to do with the Noah's Art Project. And I guess I could give you a bit of background how I got into that. It's a long, long story.
1: Well, give, a, give us a three-minute uh, elevator speech on that, and then we'll take a commercial break, and then we'll go to resume this for the remainder of these two hours, Ross Patterson.
2: Sure. No rose, No rose at all. Yes, just, A little bit of background on myself. I was brought up in a Christian family. um, But as a youngster, perhaps didn't take it too seriously. And as many young Christians do, I I did the prodigal son thing, you know, in my teens. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But when I came back to the Lord, I I was working in London, actually, long story. And um, God brought me to a point where he was impressing me. Make a decision, you know, what are you doing with your life? And I really had to wrestle, you know, is what I was taught as a youngster to believe in God, believe that Jesus came, you know, and gave his life for us. Is it true or is it not? Because it it totally changes your life direction, you know, just depending on whether you accept a, a saviour or not. And so I had to make a decision sitting in this office. I was working in this office in London, just really impressed by God, you know, Now's the time. Make a choice. Yes. And so I said, Lord, if you were, if you're there, I, here I am. Do what you want with me, because I got to a point in my life where life seemed fairly, fairly meaningless if it's just living for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And what so were you? What was, was, was your business at the time, Ross? What was your business?
2: I was computer programming. Yes. Um, a commercial computer programmer. I was working for a large insurance company at the time. Um, sitting in this nice office doing. Uh, mainframe programming and um, it just a long story but life seems so empty and meaningless if it was just for the moment you know if we just live one life and we die and we you know nothing is the result how pointless is it exactly but if there is a God that yeah,
1: you understand. <laughs> oh, oh, I do. And I, we've got about a minute and a half left in this segment, so I want you to set the stage for everything that we're, we're going to share in the remainder of the 2-hour show. You are you're stirred and uh, and it, playing an intimate role in the excavations and uh, kind of covering the excavations no pun intended there, but uh, uh of the es- excavations in in um Mount er- is er- pronounced Ararat in Turkey.
2: Mount Ararat, yes, it's near there, yes. Okay. yes. That, the region is called the Ararat or Agri as the locals call it region, yes.
1: So yes. can, can we'd love to exactly. spend some time on your heart cry for the reason for this broadcast, because I know that there are things going on, but you also have a history, uh, Ross Patterson, of understanding not only the things that are going on now, but the things that were going on in the past, and I don't know how far you d- d- desire to delve into the past but God says in Ecclesiastes 1, there's things that were, are, and those things that are, will be because there's nothing new under the sun. So we're experiencing some things and we're on the, on the cusp of uh, hi- historical breakthroughs that are really not new. I mean, that happened in the past, but we're about ready to see them with uh, uh, eyes like we've never seen before. Isn't that right, Ross?
2: Absolutely. I, I totally believe that God is, is doing things in these last days. He's going to reveal things as like a, a wake-up call, should we call it that, to the world, where yes. God's going to reveal things that have been hidden up till now, just as a, a wake-up call for this last generation to say, come on, people, here's, here's the truth, here's the Word of God. I truly believe God is moving to do that.
1: And uh, we're, Absolutely. Th- we're thrilled to have you on the air so you can walk us through step-by-step step of things from your own personal perspective about, as it was in the days of Noah, and discovering and uncovering Noah's ark— in a place called Turkey, a long ways away from me in San Diego and probably you in New Zealand. But uh, it is uh, right in the thick of uh, Middle Eastern and – Things going on uh, big time So stay with me And uh, I'm going to take a four minute break here To do commercials and then we'll come back My ladies and gentlemen, friends Ross Patterson is going to be sharing Some more insights from New Zealand About things that are going on in and around Turkey, in and around Noah's Ark and we will talk more about That when Ross and I Come right back
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local Show on KPraise more come together san diego is just moments away now more of come together san diego the live local show on k praise here's kaz taylor
1: well hello my listening friend how are you today do you get a sense that god is on the move and do you have a sense that he wants you to move right along with him And he is uncovering and discovering things in different parts of the globe that speak of his majesty and of his love for his kids, but also of his justice and judgments. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But I have a very special co-host with me for the entire two hours of Come Together San Diego. His name is Ross Patterson, and uh, he is uh, tied to Discovery News, and his heart cry is... Uh, discovering and excavating truths, literally uh, tied to Noah's Ark, because he knows Scripture, but he also, God has given him the ability to be right in the thick of things. So I'm going to reintroduce Ross Patterson to you. Ross, how are you doing in New Zealand?
2: Thank you, doing well, and it's wonderful to be with you, Kez. So yeah, fire away if you have any questions. Well,
1: I, I want to set the stage because you have, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you're you're a vessel that is filled with good stuff, and I have to figure out how to na- navigate the spout <laughs> on the vessel called <laughs> Ross Patterson. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, what what is the relationship? Now I'm seeing words like Discovery News and uh, the excavations and things like that. Why don't you give a, bro- a broad overview of you and the endeavor to uncover? Noah's Ark, and then we'll use that as our springboard into some of the specific things you want to share. Is that okay, Russ?
2: Absolutely, certainly, yes. Go, go, go. All right. <laughs> so so I, I basically, the,
1: the, how how did you get interested or involved in this endeavor that you're working with now tied to the discovery of Noah's Ark and things?
2: Okay, yes, a very, very simple way. Um, And I'll say this is controversial. Um, I heard about a gentleman by the name of Ron Wyatt. Now, I don't know if you've ever studied into him. uh,
1: I'm familiar with Ron. We've had discussions before.
2: Okay, fantastic. You know, Ron was an amazing guy. He was based there in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's passed away, of course. I'm just sharing that. But while he was um, being led of the Lord, he— made some amazing discoveries he set out with a desire to I guess show the world the Bible's true you know find sites related to the Bible like where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea uh, the real Mount Sinai places like Sodom and Gomorrah and of course the first thing he began investigating an amazing journey that he had was the Noah's Ark site yes little bit of background. It was discovered back in 1959 by Aerial Photographs, this particular site we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It stood out on these aerial photographs, and it was published in Life magazine in 1960, a short little article showing this aerial photograph. And the article talked about an American expedition that went to the site uh, accompanied by the Turkish army, and they visited this, this unusual formation in Turkey, And they spent about a day and a half there, but they didn't find what they were expecting to find. Perhaps they had an expectation of, you know, wooden beams sticking out of the ground. Exactly. Who knows what?
1: A few elephants walking around. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Exactly. Exactly. So their expectation wasn't quite met. And they sort of said, oh, perhaps it's just an anomaly of nature. They even blew a hole in one end and not a great archaeological method, but they, they only found what they saw was rocks and timber-shaped pieces of, of rock coming mm-hmm. out of dirt. Yes. Um, and so basically it was abandoned for many years. But Ron had seen that article, and when he had the first chance, it was like 17 years later, when his children were older, he flew over there. How he got there was amazing. His two sons accompanied him, and how they got their passports was an amazing miracle story in itself. Um, with such short notice, but anyway, he, Ron and his two sons went over there, and through another series of shall we say providential interventions, he relocated the site, even though no one could tell him exactly how to get there, and other amazing things connected with it, like giant anchor stones or drogue stones and so Ron knew this site needed work on it and needed to be investigated, but it was basically buried. And so he prayed and the following year there was a large earthquake and the site became exposed. The soil dropped away from around it because it's in the middle of a large mud flow. And the site was exposed along the sides and he could investigate it much easier. So he began about 10 years of research on this particular site and others joined him. There's quite a history of who was working with him Um, some famous figures, David Fassold, you may have heard of him possibly, Uh, John Baumgardner from Los Animos, Mm -hmm. and others, many others. But essentially after Ron's about 10 years' worth of research um, and he presented this information to the local governor of the whole region, they could see, hey, what else could this be? It's the right length. Sure. The things that have been found point to this being a buried a man-made object, a boat-shaped object that had various animals on board. And so the governor at the time declared it a national park. Back in 1986, they built a visitor's centre. And it's essentially been sitting there with a visitor's centre ever since. People had applied and have applied over the years for permission to excavate But for various reasons, that's never happened. One of the reasons is um, there's a large Kurdish Kurdish population in that area of Turkey and also in Iran and Iraq, and they've been wanting their own homeland. And so there's been uh, a lot of guerrilla activity, Kurdish separatists wanting their own homeland, been battling with the Turkish army. So security has been a big issue in that area. Another aspect, too, is that we're dealing with Noah's Ark here. This is a (laughs) a matter of faith, if you (laughs) like. And um, even in Turkey, I'll just share this. Now, I'll just, first of all, qualify this saying, look, I'm not against education. Don't get me wrong. But there is a paradigm. Should we call it a paradigm, if you know what I mean by that, Mm -hmm. within academic circles? Which tends to be evolutionary-based, mm-hmm. if you know what I'm saying. Well, no, exactly. If you go to a university, you, you know what I'm saying, exactly, Yeah, yeah. If you go to a university, the the underlying premise of any, shall we say, scientific study is, is an evolutionary. Yeah, evolutionary, map. yes, you know, absolutely. You, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And And this is exactly the same in Turkey as well. The academic system in Turkey, as well as New Zealand, Australia, the United States, you know, everywhere – has that evolutionary basis or bias, if you want to call it that. And so you're up against that challenge as well. When you present, you know, we want to excavate, like if you're saying we want to excavate and document the Hittite Empire, no yes. problem with that. You want yeah. to excavate and document some other site, like Gobekli Tepe, a recent one, no problem. But if you say we'd like to excavate Noah's Ark, <laughs> yes. suddenly it, it put. It puts it into a different category. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: One of of the things, I'm friends with some people in in Israel right now, and the city of David, and there's a lot of excavation going on there. And I think the arguments and the apprehensions are the same. There are people that want to embrace God's Word as true and discover things written therein, but there are other people who have made their stance saying, oh, those things uh, do not fit with evolution and so forth and so on. So there's a political, there's a historical battle, there's a spiritual battle all going on, all at the same time focused on specific places, and here we are on Mount Ararat, and that same battle is going on. Uh, Spend about one minute giving giving us a uh, foretaste of what we're going to be talking about in the next segments, and then we'll take a break and come right back, if that's okay with you, Ross.
2: Yes, absolutely, yes. So there is this site in Turkey. Um, scans have been done on it, Um, core drillings have been done, Ron White did some core drillings and found samples, and all the evidence, and we'll share some of this coming up, points to this being the buried remains of Noah's Ark. Yes. Um, Because it's Noah's Ark, not much has been done. There's been resistance, shall we say, over the years in academic circles, even within Turkey, to even touch it or look at it. But that seems to be changing Yes, and that's what we can share coming up. <laughs> is that the doors seem to be opening finally? <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> by and, God's grace, absolutely. And you you <laughs> hit it exactly right, right, uh, Ross Patterson. By God's grace, this is the time to have those things uncovered. So, so God's word is confirmed, and because He's got plans for His kids in these days, and the revelation and the truths behind Noah's ark are going to bear much weight in that revelation. So I'm so thrilled to have you with me for the entire two hours on Come Together San Diego, all the way from New Zealand, Ross Patterson. We're going to be talking more, talking more about this. And if we whet your appetite, uh, my listening friend, good, because there's much more to come when Ross Patterson and Kaz from New Zealand and San Diego, California, can you believe that, <laughs> when we come right back.
0: You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Race. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on Praise joel lieberman from tree of life messianic jewish congregation lord we just do lift up the entire
1: region of san diego from vista to chula vista lord it says in the psalms how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity we pray a spirit
0: of unity over our city in the name of yeshua jesus in hebrew amen now more of come together san diego the new live local show on k praise here's Cass taylor Well, welcome back, my friends.
1: We are studying Scripture not only in the written-down part, but also in the current day when these Scriptures that were spoken of uh, millennia ago uh, by Jesus and even uh, prophesied earlier and even in in the book of Genesis. And can you believe it? All these things are crescendoing now. And what a delightful opportunity for me to introduce you to Ross Patterson, He's a remarkable man, and he is not in the United States right now. Oh, no. He's in New Zealand, and uh, he has some insights about the discovery of Noah's Ark. And uh, we've engaged him in the first couple segments, but we've just launched out into some major revelation going on right now. So without any further ado, let me reintroduce Ross Patterson with you. And, uh, Ross, uh, you have the floor. Where would you like to take this? Because you're not a guest, you know. You're my co-host.
2: Okay, thank you. Okay, let on us. Yeah, it, it's it's wonderful to be able to share that um, God is doing wonderful things in many areas, of course, and one of them, I believe, is that, you know, God doesn't waste anything, shall we say? Here's what I believe is the remains of Noah's Ark, and the evidence, and we can talk more about this, points to this being exactly that, and God is appears to be opening the doors for this to be revealed to the world. And and what a wonderful wake up call to a secular world that's been steeped in evolution to say, look, here is the boat that many people consider to be a myth and here it is in reality. Yeah. I mean what what a wonderful wake up call you well, know, unless
1: you have something to lose by embracing that as a wake-up call, like if you've you've vested your whole life of fake science and uh, you know, uh, different things, uh political things and things like that to deny it, then you are the biggest threat in the world and uh, God's smiling because it's this is the time, I believe, Ross. I believe it's the time. Go ahead.
2: Yes, no, that's a very good point. And just just to look at this from a scriptural perspective, there is a passage in 2 Peter where it talks about those that are willingly ignorant. Oh, and my. it's interesting, you, you, you read that whole passage, and it's, it's talking about Noah's flood. Um, you might be familiar with it. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3, where it talks about scoffers coming in the last days. My, my. And it says in verse, I can't remember which verse it, is, it says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, and you keep reading, it's talking about the flood. So the point is this, even if when Noah's Ark, I'll say when, not if, Thank you. <laughs> Noah's Ark is excavated, there will still be some who will say, no, we don't want to accept it. But do you know what? I think there's a lot of people out there, maybe the majority who have been bombarded with evolution, but when they're given clear evidence to show the word of God is true, they will listen, yes. and they're the people we're interested in.
1: Preach it, brother, preach it. Uh, uh, My my heart really goes out to these people who have, you know, a lot of things are going on in the world right now where we're asked to believe government, believe science, and uh, believe politicians and things like that. And we're beginning to realize that uh, they have ulterior motives, and sometimes us believing them can be detrimental to our health, to our life and to our eternity. So I think God says, now's the time for me to start unleashing or unpacking or uncovering these things. And it is so with uh, Noah's Ark as well. Handing the baton back to you, Ross.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That's a, that's a very good point is that, you know, even the Bible says, put not your trust in princes. Yep. Um, again, we're not criticizing good government, but sadly there's a history throughout the whole of the human race of, of um, what can happen when people get in power who wield that power in the wrong way.
3: Yes, yes.
2: So here we are.
1: And, uh, and so let me ask the pressing question for you. You obviously are a man of God, and so you ask the Lord a lot of different things a lot of different times. Why do you think God has included you in this uh, process right now of discovering, uh, cover uncovering uh, Noah's Ark? What's your your involvement in this, And why do you think God has stirred you to do and be whom you've been stirred to do and be?
2: Well, it's a good question. It goes back to when I gave my heart to the Lord many years ago. And I basically said, Lord, do with me whatever you wish, you know. Um, I believe we should all give our hearts 100% 100 to the Lord. And um, I think God has blessed that. Maybe I was in the right place at the right time. And let me just say this too. I'm not taking any credit at all for discovering this site. It was thanks to the persistence of Ron Wyatt to to pursue the site when it had been forgotten and ignored for so many years. And his heartfelt desire was to have the site excavated. He tried many times. Maybe the time wasn't right. Um, I don't know. But... If if there's one person as a pioneer we could point to, it would be Ron White, and I feel privileged to be able to follow in his footsteps, so to speak. You know yeah. the expression, yes. standing on the shoulders of giants, you know the expression.
1: <laughs> yes, 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 um, yes. So, so you're here, and so, so exactly what's your responsibility or what's your uh, uh, part that you're playing in this, Ross? I, I was not really clear about this. I saw Ross Patterson, and I saw Discovery News, and I saw the excavations. So I'd like for you to help us. Uh, shed a little light on this as we dive deeply into this topic.
2: Yes. Well, I've been blessed. Uh, I met Ron White. We invited him to Australia many years ago. And since he passed away, I've been invited many places to take seminars. I've been to Australia, the U.S., to Japan, many Pacific Islands, to, to share my involvement because I was able to stay with Ron White before he passed away. Yes. I've been to the Middle East about 17 times now, I think, to research um, these things, the sites. For example, you know, Red Sea Crossing, done a lot of diving there. Been to Saudi Arabia, to the Mount Sinai that people are talking about now. Um, And of course, I've visited the Noah's Ark site many times ever since the first trip was in 2000. So we're talking 21 years ago. But how I got involved in what's happening now. I was able to meet with the governor of Agri about four years ago. And he, the governor of Agri controls the whole region. He's the, the top man in the government in that area, if you know what I mean. And we were able to talk with him and say, look, we would love to excavate this site. And we showed him all the pictures, the scans that have been done, um, the measurements, the samples that have been done. And he very graciously said, yes, you can. Why? And we were blown away, to be honest. (laughs) Yes. The thing is, um, local governors don't issue dig permits. That's the job of the ministry back in Ankara. Um, But having him on side was a huge step forward. The fact that he was gracious and said, yes, I'll help, you know, where I can. Yes. And nothing seemed to happen for a couple of years. And I went back to Turkey beginning of uh, 2019 to visit a professor of archaeology at a university nearby. And we sat down with him. This is arranged by a good mutual friend of ours. And we shared with him the scan results, the pictures and everything. And he was intrigued because the Turks know about this site, but it's sort of, I guess, a bit like the Loch Ness Monster. You know, it's in their (laughs) their, um, consciousness, but it's never taken too seriously. (laughs) And we showed him the scans of the site, you know, which show the hull shape. We showed him the lengths. We showed him the samples, the animal hairs and animal droppings that have been extracted from it. And he was intrigued. He'd never seen this evidence before. And he said, well, okay, what I'll do is this. I will apply to Ankara to get permits to do a scan, a thorough scan of the site myself. And he said, if we get good results from that, I will then apply... To anchor, to the Ministry of Tourism and Culture, that's the ministry that oversees these things. He says, I will apply then for an excavation permit and you can be part of our dig team. Oh right. That's I remarkable. Was thrilled. I was I was over the moon, you know, this <laughs> uh, was a providential meeting, you know. <laughs> and I was back in New Zealand and about a month later my friend called me up the guy who met, introduced me to the governor and to this professor, he called me up and says, you need to come back to Turkey this week. We've got a meeting in Ankara. You've got to come back. So I was on a plane a couple of days later and we'd been invited to meet an organization in Ankara whose goal it is to develop archaeological sites. Now, their goal is called 2 which stands for Tourism and Promotion Platform. They work with the ministry to develop sites Their goal being, of course, is to help uh, encourage tourists to come to Turkey to see all the wonderful um, sites they've got there. They've got so much heritage there, Mm -hmm. so many archaeological sites in Turkey. And, of course, the guy who who heads this up, Fikrit Yild is is his name. He's the president of the organization, has has the Noah's Ark site on his radar. And he was looking around for people to work with and obviously came upon – Myself and my, my colleague, maybe he'd talk with that professor.
1: I love it. I need to take a break here, but I, I, my listening friend, are you paying attention to what Ron Patterson is saying here? He is on ground level of not only uh, pursuing truths tied to Noah's Ark, but he is actually in the thick of things of having the opportunity to be involved in excavations in many ways, And, uh, you know, it's kind of like God is causing different people to fulfill different parts of Scripture, and and we say, who, us? (laughs) And my listening friend, I I think we're we're having some fun with Ross discovering how he discovered who, me? And uh, we're enjoying his story as he takes us further into the depths, pun intended, as we excavate through Noah's Ark. And Ross and I, we're going to spend some time together in the remainder of the show, but we have to take a commercial break. So Ross Patterson and Kaz will be
0: right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise.
1: My listening friend, I hope you're getting a sense in your heart of hearts that we are Uh, At a remarkable place in biblical history, right now, and God has given us the honor and privilege to actually cross paths with some people that are newsmakers. That uh, on God's short list of discoveries uh, that are going on in the world today, but also in like Middle East area, Turkey and and that area as well, Persia as well. I mean, there's so many, many. When I say. Persia. I'm talking about the areas of like Babylon and uh, Iraq, Iraq and Iran, and th- all this stuff is coming to pass right now, and you and I get to be right in the thick of these things. And uh, God has Ross Patterson right in the thick of these things as well. Uh, and Ross, I'm sorry to have interrupted your story. You were talking about you and some of your uh, compatriots and uh, how the process of uh, the the willingness of governments and individual people to help with the excavation or at least move it forward began. So I I wanted to – we've got one more. This is the last segment of the first hour, and then we have the entire second hour as well, so I'm going to have you continue the story, but we want to, I i, I really want to get to uh, the, the depth of the excavations and some of the things that you know, that you're discovering in your heart of hearts. But before we do, would you be so kind as to, if you have some web information or some book information or anything like that that people can find out more about the Ross Patterson, uh, that
3: would be great.
2: Yes, certainly. If people do want to um, find out some more, I'm working on a website. It's only early stages. It's in progress. It's under construction. Should we say yes? It's called archdig.com. Arcdig.com. That's the website for the project that we're, we're building. If you go there now, it's still got a lot of placeholder stuff in it, but we're building it up. Um, there is some videos. There's a great video on uh, YouTube, which a friend of mine who has a film industry uh, recorded, outlining the project about a 28-minute video. Yes. Uh, if you go to YouTube and look up Revelation 18 Media, look up that um, that YouTube channel. Revelation 18 Media. There. Very good. Yes. Revelation Very- 18 Media. You'll find in there. Uh, there's a good 30-minute program outlining the project from where to go. And there's some other clips in there too.
1: Well, very good. Well, you know, you have our my listeners with bated breath, literally, right now. What's he going to say next? Next, what's he going to share with us on what is has been and is being discovered? So we're giving a little backstory in the first hour here, so that we can launch vigilantly into the excavations in the and 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 your your perspectives that you're discovering into the second hour. So continue your story here for this segment. My listening friend, you don't want to go away. You want to stay tuned for both hours of come together, San Diego with my co-host guest and newfound friend, Ross Patterson. Go Ross, go.
2: Well, maybe we should share some of the, the compelling reasons why this site needs to be looked at thoroughly. Yes. Um, the site hasn't been excavated except uh, Ron Wyatt was given permission to do some core drills back in the 90s. And he, he, what he did was he used the radar that he had, subsurface radar, which archaeologists use to look for voids within this, this boat shape. Just to, it's, to put it in, in perspective, if you look from the air, there's this distinct boat outline in this mud flow, buried in the mud flow. And so Ron has drilled into this where he detected voids inside and the samples that he took out contained uh, animal hairs <laughs> and animal fossilized animal droppings.
3: Oh my. It's
2: it's intriguing because, you know, the, the boat was the ark was essentially a for want of a better word, a floating zoo. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know.
1: Not planning on motoring anywhere at all, but just being above the (laughs) waterline.
2: Exactly. (laughs) That's right. And obviously animals shed hair. They they do their business, shall we say. And there's traces of that. What Ron's core drills revealed is that clearly there were still traces within the arc of the animals that were on board. And when they had an expert in the States look at the animal hairs, he could confidently say, oh, this is from the cat family, this particular here. It has color bands on it, so it must have been a spotted or a striped um, of the cat family. So what was it? Was it a cheetah or a tiger? We don't know. But clearly it's an animal that's not native to Turkey. No. Um, Also, they found a broken-off piece of an antler that had been petrified, and because you, you know, there's some animals that grow antlers every year. Then they shed them yes. annually. And so clearly, on the ark, there were animals that grew antlers and shed them. And they found the base of an antler in their, their corbels. They found um, fossilized droppings, and we found I found one of those, and we had it thin sectioned, and you can see it looks like little grains in it, like perhaps Noah was grain feeding the animals on the ark. My. Um, which makes sense, obviously, because grain's quite a high, you know, nutrition food, as opposed to storing lots of bales of hay or straw. Has <laughs> yes, exactly. Maybe he, he put grain on board. Now, scans have shown, the interesting thing is very evenly spaced regular lines. Ron did this back in the 80s with the radar in his day, and back in those days, the radar units were like an old fax machine. You know, had a paper printout. Of course, it's all done by... Laptop nowadays. Yes. You look at it on the screen, and those scans. We we've done some scans. A good friend of mine from Norway bought his radar scanner. Ron did scans back in the eighties, and the scans show very evenly spaced lines in the arc side, as in stalls. These could be. Well, that's the thing, exactly. Why these could be the partitions between stalls. The exciting thing about that is when the site's excavated, it should be very clear where the individual stalls were. And obviously within each stall, you will find, say, the hairs and droppings from a particular type of animal. For example, you might find in one stall, say, gorilla hairs and gorilla droppings. Oh my. And in another stall, you'd find, I don't know, pick an animal, giraffe hairs and giraffe droppings. You know what I'm saying? So it should be quite possible to plot out a zoo plan showing where the different animals were based on the forensic evidence that's been left behind.
1: You're blowing my mind, Ross. You're blowing my mind. Amazing. Wow.
2: (laughs) So that's potentially the detail that's left. The other thing is the radar scans, and this has been done, the most recent one was done, I think October last year, or the year before, where... As, the, as you tune the radar antenna, because you know the radar, it works a bit like ship sonar. You know, it sends a pulse in the ground and listens for reflections. And so if the pulse hits a, a more dense object, you, some of the energy is reflected.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And these scanners are showing that there is a, a, a solid deck level at a certain depth. So there's a depth of material with partition walls, and then you hit a solid layer, which is like which would be a deck, and underneath that, more softer material. So clearly, there is an intact deck level on this thing, buried in the mud flow, and obviously the mud has filled it up, except for cavities which have shown up, so there's oh still empty cavities within. Um, another type of scan that's been used on it, another, a gentleman from New Zealand took what's called a resistivity scanner, across to Turkey. Now resistivity works by using electricity to measure the conductivity of the ground. You basically lay out a long cable which has probes spaced evenly along the cable and the control unit puts volts between different pins, some of these these probes in the ground, and measures the electrical conductivity of what's in the ground. Oh my. And you might say, what does that show? Well, it's actually very interesting because, for example... Uh, an empty void has higher resistance than, say, wet soil. my And so it actually gives you a very nice image of what's in the ground.
1: My, my, my my friend, Ross, I need to take a break here in a minute. So um, I've got about 30 seconds yes. before we need to go to a break. I apologize, but that's uh, the thing with the uh, broadcast radio There things like commercials and commercial breaks. So forgive me in advance on that, Ross. I understand. <laughs> you're, you're setting the stage remarkably, and I can hardly wait for the next hour because my friends, my co-host on this show is Ross Patterson from New Zealand. He's giving us uh, a play-by-play on the discoveries uh, that are being discovered and yet to be discovered on Noah's Ark, Mount Arafat, or Ararat, forgive me, in Turkey and uh, he and I are going to continue our verbal excavations when we come
0: right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. Time to get off your couch and back to church. I'll tell the world. Come Together, San Diego with Cass Taylor on K-Praise. Hello, my
1: friends. Welcome to Come Together, San Diego. We have a historical show going on right now, and I believe in a way where Ron... Uh, Ross Patterson is uh, discovering things tied to uh, Noah's Ark. We are also excavating uh, God's Word, and we're excavating our own hearts to discover what God's plans for us in revealing s- supernatural things in these uh, vital days. Ross, I- I'm so thrilled to have you on the air with me, and you uh, were continuing your story about you know subsurface surface radar and other things like that, and the discoveries you guys are making. Um, let, let me just interject as we begin this second uh, hour. I want I want to be sensitive to you, uh, Ross, and let me ask you this question: What would your uh, purpose for this uh, interview accomplish in your in your heart of hearts? How can we help you as much as we can? Let, let me get that out in in front here as we dig into some things.
2: Oh, well, thank you for asking that, Kez. I, I really appreciate that. Yes, um, the ultimate goal, of course, is to Excavate the site to say to the world, look, here it is. It's undeniable evidence that the Noah's story is true. Absolutely, that's going to be a huge big plus, you know, for the Bible account of of history, you know, Genesis. So yeah, any help we can get will be much appreciated. Of course, there's fundraising. Sure, sounds like we always want money. You know, money (laughs) absolutely makes the world go round. So. Funds are much appreciated. Um, of course, there's going to be um, a lot of people involved. We do have a university. The largest university uh, has signed a protocol with 2TAP, uh, an University. So we have the academics on board for this project. Um, but, of course, we can need volunteers. Sure. The university can provide a, a certain size dig team, but volunteers will be welcome to help um, down the track and that can expedite the process. Obviously it will be carefully supervised sure. by Anadolu University, but those who want to actually get hands-on, <laughs> there mind. will be provision absolutely oh made mind. for that.
1: So let's talk about the fundraising, uh, uh, Ross Patterson. Is there a way that people can find out more about uh, providing resources uh, for this?
2: Yes, um, on our arctic.com website, it's still under construction, of course, but there is a donate page there. People are impressed to give. And let me say thank you very much for those who who do give. It's all appreciated. Um, And we're going to put videos. We're going to have uh, blogs as the the process starts and videos day by day, you know, progress um, when the excavation begins. Also, we're going to have background information, um, so that'll be a, a resource point, that arctic.com website. Oh my. And as we mentioned before, if you look for the Revelation 18 Media YouTube channel, there's some information there already. Regarding this project oh my my my
1: i need I need to share with you some insights that God has given me, you know, as you can tell, i 'm excited about things like this. I get very excited uh, about the eschatology of the Bible, god's promises, and the times that we 're in right now we're seeing those promises being literally excavated before our very eyes now I, there's a man I, I I need to connect you with his name is Jim Barfield. You may have heard of the name he 's tied to the Dead Sea Scroll. A project called the Copper Scroll Project, and he has been in the you know the okay. caves of of Qumran, uh, and has discovered um, what it was it was called the uh, the Copper Scroll, and he's discovered that it ha- it's literally a roadmap for things that are buried uh, in, in certain places around Israel, and these things he's discovered that they are shall we say the First Temple artifacts. Things like uh, you know temple right. artifacts and gold and silver and precious metals and things like that. He even believes that he has discovered uh, Aaron's breastplate. So, 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 what God is doing? Could you, I'm taking a step mm. back, Ross, and I'm saying what God is doing. He's taking okay. people like Ross Patterson and my friend Jim Barfield of the Copper Scroll Project, and he's putting people in key positions to when the time is right to fully excavate and discover these things God's got his kids in place to showcase what God's character and what his plans are doing my friend you don't want to miss what God's doing in the world today and Ross Patterson is one of those guys continue your story you you were talking about the I I don't know whether it was the uh, what the radar device or whatever the different equipment was but continue that story into this segment and then we're going to no pun intended or actually pun intended we're going to dig more deeply as we go Ross
3: Patterson.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Kaz. You're welcome. Yes, um, exactly. We're just running through the, the lines of evidence that, that shout loudly, this this is the site. And one, of course, is the radar scans. And this has been done since the 80s, back in the days when Roland first started doing that with the old paper printout machine. Yes. Up till today, where uh, the modern machines that record it all on a computer and do 3D models, it's, it gets clearer and clearer that this is indeed. In fact, the the resistivity scans I mentioned before, uh, there's a website a New Zealand guy has set up called Noah's dot and he shows on there the resistivity scans, and the shape of the hull of the arc is very clear. It's quite amazing. Other scans that we've done, one type of scan we tried was a magnetometer scan. Now, a magnetometer... Uh, Here's a little bit of a science lesson. Um, You know, the Earth is like a big magnet. It has a a magnetic field around it, and that's how a compass works. You know, the needle aligns itself with the Earth's magnetic field. Now, a large metal object, like, for example, a a boat, will distort the Earth's magnetic field. That's how, for example, the Navy has anti-submarine aircraft. They can fly up and down and detect where a submarine is because... A large metal object like a submarine, even if it's submerged and out of sight, leaves uh, evidence of where it is because it's distorting the Earth's magnetic field around it. Yes. And that's what a magnetometer can detect, you know. And so we used a very small magnetometer on the site to see if there's a presence of metal inside the site. And yes, the results were absolutely positive. There's (laughs) metal buried within the site. Now, we know the ark was made of wood, but obviously it must have had metal fittings oh, absolutely. You know, to bolt all the timbers together. So, so all these lines of evidence are saying, hey, this is a man-made buried object. The other interesting thing is if you measure the site and say, okay, the Bible says it was 300 cubits long, it's interesting if you go back to the days of uh, Moses. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. It says in the Book of Acts, um, the cubit that was used back in those days was what we today call the Egyptian cubit. Mm, my. Now it's referred to today as the Royal Egyptian cubit, but it was known as the universal measurement back in ancient times. In fact, this is even alluded to in the book of Ezekiel. It talks about the ancient measure, the cubit of the ancient measure. And we know exactly how long that cubit is because they find them in Egyptian tombs. It's 20.62 inches. Or for people who are into metric, it's 52.4 centimeters. Now, if you take 300 of those cubits, guess how long this site in Turkey is. It is exactly (laughs) <laughs> Not right. It is exactly three hundred of those cubits.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm smiling from ear to ear right now. I know I know what's coming next because I know your love for scripture and I know your love for this excavation. My my listening friend, can you imagine? God has planned these things since the days of Noah, and these days we're, that we're in right now. Uh, God has Ross in a position to be able to to communicate these truths that would have been buried literally. For, for millennia, and he's saying, look what we're discovering. That confirms that God is God, and if it confirms that God is God, that means his word is true, and if his word is true, then we have to embrace the things that God's word says uh, for his eternity and uh, his plans for us in eternity. Uh, Ross, this is absolutely amazing. We have to take a quick commercial break, but I, my listening friend, I hope not only is your, your interest wet, but uh, we're going to be— uh, uh, satisfying your thirst in the remainder of this two-hour broadcast. So, uh, Ross, I, I'm so thrilled that you are with me. And please bear with us as we take a commercial break, because I know you have some things to unload on when we come right back.
0: This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Cape Race with Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. I hope you're riveted to the radio right now because
1: we're seeing and hearing of discoveries live right now on the radio and how God keeps his promises. He's keeping his promise by showing how his word is true and his character is true. And I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have met this man named Ross Patterson living in New Zealand and very intimately tied to the excavations that are going on around and within Noah's Ark. So, Ross, have I mentioned to you before that you're not a guest on the show? Have I mentioned that you're a co-host? (laughs)
2: <laughs> thank you, Kiss. appreciate that
1: Yes, 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 well what I um, want to do let me, let me pose where we are right now we've got three segments left in the show and you by now know how long these segments go and how we have to go to commercial breaks so we have three different segments to present everything that you want to present and then the show's over, so you tell me how you want to orchestrate these three segments and we will follow your lead, Ross Patterson
2: Well thank you, thank you Kez yeah, I would, I'd love to make an appeal that um, for God's people to pray for this because obviously anything that's going to, shall we say, challenge the evolutionary status quo uh, is going to be opposed. So we just pray that God will uh, vindicate his name and we're, we're privileged to be part of that process. Um, if we make ourselves available, God can use us but of course, there's going to be a bit of a battle, as usual, <laughs> yes. because the, 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 the reality of, of a Noah's Ark existing, the Noah's Ark, with forensic evidence of animals on board being the right length and everything, is going to cause it quite a few ripples, shall we say. And so we need to pray, Lord, help us get through this minefield. <laughs> Well, the big hold-up right now, of course, is the COVID issue. Yes. Um, t- Turkey has been hit very hard. It's actually sixth worst in the world. It's worse than Italy, worse than many European countries for uh, COVID cases. So that has put a, a big stop on things at the moment. Um, once things ease off, and I believe they will, then the work can begin again. So... Okay, we so prayer is a vital component.
1: Prayer, and no, my, You need and to know that my, a lot of the listeners for this show are prayer warriors, are prayer warriors, and so many of them are, are praying over the show right now. So you hear that? My, my prayer team friends and you, my listeners who are prayer warriors as well, dig on into this. And uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ross.
2: That's the best news. Fantastic. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we can do our best efforts, but we want God's... God's moving, you know what I mean. Yes, yes. To make this happen, and so I'm just a big thank you to all those prayer warriors out there for helping, uh, helping add to our our petitions to God's throne to take away the barriers. The big barrier right now, of course, is COVID. Um, and then, of course, once the process starts, and I can run through, if you like, the, sure. the steps as we see happening.
3: Yes, yes, because you um, are the co-host.
2: All right. So the first step, obviously, in this process will be thorough scans with the latest equipment to get a very good picture um, of what's under the surface. Uh, Ron, of course, did lots of scans, but that was like 30 years ago, and the paper printouts are not the same as what they have today. Um, So we want to completely scan the whole site. And then from that information, we will choose the most interesting or anomalous looking area, something that's clearly going to reveal hey, this is a man-made object and then we'll do a small dig on that one spot maybe typically in archaeology they were do a 4 by metre square and unearth what the radar is showing and document that thoroughly so we can show to the critics or even those sitting on the fence, hey look the radar is showing a man-made structure and when we've dug you can see clearly this is boat structure here. Yes. Then that information will be used to raise the funds to put a housing, a covering over as much of the site as we can. Because typically on an archaeological dig, especially one that's exposed as this place is, you need to put a covering over it. You mm-hmm. know, so it can be worked on in all weathers. Yes. Of course if it was Exposed and unearthed in the elements because it gets snow on this area every year, um, that would destroy anything that's revealed. yes, so the idea is to cover as much as we can, and then systematic excavations can start, and as information gets out there, we can raise the funds for the ultimate goal, which is to put a a permanent museum structure over the site to protect it, you know. And that will be quite a large building. We're talking a a building the size of an aircraft hangar for a jumbo jet, if you know what I mean.
1: Oh, my, my,
2: my. To cover the whole site. And it'll be quite an engineering project too because the mud flow in which the site is, it's an unstable ground, so the foundations have to be laid very deep for a permanent structure like that, but nothing beyond the capabilities of, of qualified engineers. So those are sort of the three steps we want to do. My and of course each step along the way will take some funding.
1: So, so one one of the the enticements for the would it be the Turkish government? Or, with whom are you dealing there? The, the Turkish yes, government. Exactly. One that. of the things for their for them that's going to move them forward is revenue, resources, uh, untold resources tied to something like this. Would that be one of the key motivational uh, enticements for them?
2: Yes, ultimately, um, this has the potential to attract a lot of interest and in tourists to Turkey. Um, typically, with governments, and you find this even in Israel and other countries like that, the antiquities department of the government doesn't get a lot of funding. Most governments are more concerned with, you know, keeping the military up to spec, policing, yes. etc. And so, antiquities departments um, are fairly live, live on a shoestring, shall we say? Yes. That's why a lot of universities For example go to Israel And they will talk to the Antiquities Department They say we can bring some funding The Antiquities says great we will help you Because it's a win-win situation Um, And it's the same in Turkey Archaeology is not a priority For the Turkish government So that's why Any outside funding is obviously Very welcome and it speeds the process along Um, Once the momentum builds it's like a lot of things, momentum will build, then I can see the government stepping in and helping out with infrastructure around the area. But if we can sort of prime the pump, so to speak, by getting the process going, yes, then I think it'll it'll take on a life of its own as information starts coming out and the interest grows.
3: Yes, yes, yes.
1: This is this is remarkable, and one of the things, one of the benefits that you have that maybe the Turkish government does not have a clue about, and others may not have a clue about. But God wants to reveal His plans for mankind, and so, and we are yes. in the time where the, that revelation must happen. So you know, you, you your biggest partner is the Lord Himself, in very many ways.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head there.
1: So we've got about two minutes left in this segment, and then we're going to dive into a commercial and then take the next two segments to end the show. So uh, have your
3: way with us.
2: Okay. Yes, I totally believe, you know, God has this in his hand. Ron White tried a number of times. He got very close to excavating, but each time something would pop up and just put a stop to it. One time he was actually kidnapped. He was with a, a team in Turkey, and they got kidnapped, and taken around the mountains for several weeks by PKK guerrillas. Another time, um, a corporation in Britain was about to fund the excavation. And I don't know if you remember Black Monday back in the 80s. Oh, yes. When the stock market suddenly slumped, he was on the verge of getting funding to move right ahead. And then Black Monday happened and wiped the value off the stock of this company in in the UK. And they had to pull the plug. It's just like God had said, no, no, the it's not time. You mm. know what I'm saying? Yes. And But now, perhaps, I can believe that this is the time. The world is in a state like it's never been before.
3: Preach it, brother.
2: The world is, is changing rapidly. I don't have to tell you that, do I?
1: No, no, no. We're observing.
2: <laughs> yeah. So this could be the time. I, I can personally believe it is. I, can, I can't speak for God directly, but I believe this is the time when God is going to pull the stops out, so to speak. And give the world a last wake-up call before he returns. You know, I can oh, truly my believe my. that.
1: Well, can we? And then in, in the last two segments, I, in order to bring this to a close, uh, I want you to consider what some of the ramifications will be as the world discovers that the actual Bible is real. Of course, we believers, those of you know, of, you know Judeo-Christian backgrounds, we know it's already true, and we know that you can look for different. Uh, specifics on measurements and things like that and they align with what you discover underground so we know it's true but the world is doubting and so we want you to talk a little bit about the speculation of as these things uh, revelations come to pass how is this going to impact a world that desperately needs the the creator of the universe can we can we do that as we delve into the next two segments after the commercial break
2: absolutely absolutely,
1: Ross Patterson I can't thank you enough for joining us on this two hours my listening friend I hope you're engaged in this this is revelation happening right before your very eyes but it may also be tied to your interactions one way or another how God might want to have you involved in something like this so Ross Patterson and I are going to excavate further tied to Noah's Ark when we come right back
0: You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Signs from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on KPraise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, my friends,
1: we've opened up a fire hydrant here, and it's a topic that God is very interested in, and he's very interested in you and I being interested in it. It's called the discovery of Noah's Ark and God's plans that are attached to that. And I can't tell you how honored we are to have my co-host all the way from New Zealand, Ross Patterson, with us, and he is helping us excavate uh, spiritual things and also uh, with an intent to excavate natural things as well. So, Ross, I I want you to continue. As you know, as my co-host, we've got two segments left, and I want you to bring to fore everything that you feel needs to happen between now and the close of the broadcast and uh, perhaps... Uh, sharing a little light I, I, I know the revelation has hit you about w- the times that we're in and you are so honored to, to be placed in a position to uh, bring something into awareness and god's saying i love my I, I love my guy ross i love my guy ross because he's a faithful servant watch what he can do and so i, I my listening friend i want to give uh, ross an opportunity to uh, tie these things together. But let me ask you a question. Now, th- we're talking Noah's Ark, so it's got to be, what, like 5,000 years ago or something like that? I mean, wh- what's your guesstimate on that?
2: Well, if you look at biblical chronology, um, the flood was 4,300 years ago, which is a long time. That's yes. a long time in anyone's language. Um, so uh, we're not looking for a pristine conditioned boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Been
2: buried in a Mud flow, but clearly from what's been, you know, the scanner showed and the drills that Ron did and other samples that are found on the surface, there is going to be more than ample evidence when the the soil is removed and to, to show that this was indeed a 300 cubit long boat with lots of rooms that had animals on board in the mountains of Ararat. I mean, can you think of any boat in history that matches that description?
1: No, no, no. Only one. And you have to kind of believe in God's word to be able to believe that. And I think that's the crux of the matter, isn't it, Ross?
2: Absolutely. And and that's what it's all about. It's 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 to show to the world that, hey, it, sure, God's book, his Bible, has some challenging things and shall we say, yes, things exactly. that you think, well, wow, and some look at it um, as a fairy story book. For example, in New Zealand, where I live, very secular society— one university did a survey and only 10%, one out of 10 people in New Zealand believe the Bible can be trusted. Most people think, well, it's perhaps embellished or fairy stories. But what more clear evidence could you have? A story like the flood, Noah's flood, and here's the vessel, here's the boat itself, the remains of it, in exactly the condition you'd expect. Oh my. And I believe God's going to do this with all those discoveries that Ron made, the Red Sea Crossing, there's huge potential for that. Yes. Excavations on the seabed, Mount Sinai. There's ministries now that are sharing about Mount Sinai in Arabia. It's fantastic evidence coming out of there. The remains of Sodom and Gomorrah,
1: oh, oh my.
2: there's fantastic evidence for that. All these things are just shouting to the world, hey, pay attention to God's holy book. It's, it's absolutely historically true and therefore, We need to trust it in terms of what it says about salvation. Oh, my, my,
1: my, my. So so let's uh, extrapolate from this. God, you know, we can't understand the fullness of God's thinking because he's God and we're not. But we can kind of understand when we start to understand his character why he wants to reveal these things and perhaps the urgency as now um, and and how can this impact a disbelieving world and how can this, you know... Force the enemy's hand to to deal with these things in ways they were preferring never to deal with ever. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: But, yes, exactly. You know, it's interesting. You look in history when God has done something significant to get people's attention, like Noah preaching before the flood. Human nature being what it is, it, there's a sad track record of of the response, you know, Noah has, you could say his preaching wasn't very successful. There was only eight, seven other people got on the boat with him and that was his family. Even in Jesus, when he came and preached, you know, at the end of his ministry, there's a whole mob saying crucify him. And Pilate says, why, what has he done? You know, (laughs) it's sad that human nature has not got a good track record of listening to God. But at the end of the day, God wants the warning to go out, and the honest ones will listen, you know. Yes. And And that's, I guess, the plan here, because the whole world is not going to suddenly sit up and say, hey, we were wrong. No. But there's going to be honest people that will hear the message and recognize this as the truth and will respond. Just as when the disciples went out preaching about Jesus resurrected, you know, they went to the synagogues first, it says, and usually they were they were told to go away or you know hounded out of town. But Peter and Paul, um, you know, the disciples persisted, and they raised up churches. So it's going to be the same today. The majority will reject the message, but the honest ones will will, will take heed and enact oh on the message.
1: My mic. let me let me ask you I a think question. That's what's going to happen. Uh, uh, let me ask you a question. You're an observer of human nature as well as uh, scripture. And things like that. Do you sense there are there are people that we would call the ecclesia, ecclesia, or there are people in in, in Judaism that have a burning desire to understand Scripture and things like that? These are the ones. Uh, we're the ones that are going to be the first uh, into the mix on something like this. But there's a whole group of people wouldn't you say, Ross, that are just totally in between? Of course, there are those who are sold out the other direction, and God can do something supernatural (laughs) for them, but the immediate target would be for God to take the people that are meandering around, not really caring one way or another to have that revelation in their eyes that God is real and the times that we're in are real and we need to make decisions and commitments to the Lord so that he can uh, embrace those commitments with his promises being fulfilled would you say that that's accurate a group of people Absolutely in, in right the middle you've
2: hit the nail on the head there. yep you've hit the nail on the head there's folk like you and me look we, we don't need these discoveries to believe in the Lord right. we have you know, that word burning in our heart already. And there are folk talked about in Second Peter chapter 3 that no matter what you show them, even if a, a plaque was found on the ark saying, Noah and son shipbuilders, you know, they're not <laughs> going to believe. <laughs> but there are people in between who, you know, people get bombarded with the media, evolution, et cetera, but they would respond if they heard the truth, you know. And they're the ones that we want to. Give opportunity, you know, share that message, share the Word of God, saying God's Word is true, despite what the media and the, the academic world will say. Give them that chance, and I believe a large a large number will respond when they hear the truth and see.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You, you know, in, in the, the Gospels and in the uh, Olivet uh, Discourse, it, it talks about, and the kingdom of God must be preached, and then the end's, Will, then the end will come. The kingdom of God is yeah. really the revelation of what the kingdom of God is, and how can you how can you deny the kingdom of God when His promises in the Word are being proven, like Noah's Ark, and as I talked about as well, you know, some of the vessels that are going to be discovered in in Israel itself. These things are proof positive that God's Word is true. Then I, as as a passive guy who said, "Yeah, maybe, maybe not," I have to reconcile looking in the mirror and say. This, these things are true. What am I going to do about it? If God is God, I need to serve him. But if the enemy of God is really what what I want to embrace, I need to serve that. Everybody's going to have that reckoning, and uh, we there's some decisions that need to be made, and I think God has got m- m- my new friend Ross Patterson in right in the thick of these things. We've got about one minute left in this segment, and then we're going to close it in the last segment. Any words of uh, stirring encouragement? I know you've got it embedded within you. Uh, Ross. So uh, lay it on us in in, in about a minute, and then we're going to take the last segment to tie all these loose strings together. Ross Patterson.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I suppose the message really we want to come out of all this is is people trust God, you know, Um, we can believe him by faith and give God time and he will prove himself over and over. You know, God in the scripture says, come now, let us reason together. God is a reasonable God. You know, he, he gives evidence, and I believe that's what's coming out of these discoveries, is that God will give concrete evidence for those that need it. And I believe there's going to be some wonderful concrete evidence. When I say concrete, I mean tangible, yes. you know, evidence that you can see and photograph. God will do that yes. because He's a reasonable God. He's going to give everybody, every thinking person, a good opportunity to to realize that maybe the the paradigm that the world works on is not accurate, not true. That his paradigm, which he wants us to believe by faith, but he's going to give us sufficient evidence to make an intelligent choice so that we can believe those things that we can't see, you know, by faith.
1: My, my. Hey, Ross, I need to tell you, you're a remarkable guy. Ross Patterson, my friends, I'm so glad to have met him and visited with him for three, uh, an hour and three quarters. We've got another segment yet coming in, and, and he's going to, you know, we— we left a lot of ground with, you know, the, the strings uh, attached that need to be tied up together and bound together, so that we can uh, make a conclusion tied to this. And Ross, I'm sure you're thrilled to stay with me for one last segment so that we can tie up some of these loose ends. My listening friend, do you realize the times we're in? Do you realize that God just may be tapping you on the shoulder and say, okay, you're one of those believers that believe in my word. That's great, but I'm going to call on you some way or another to be able to uh Blow! On, I'm going to blow on that if you'll let me, and cause you to be the most remarkable evangelist out there, so that the world may know that the Father has sent the Son. That's what's happening right now, and Ross Patterson has a role in that. But you, my listening friend, have a role in that, and Ross and I are going to help you understand what your role is going to be when uh, Ross and I take the last segment and come right back.
0: More come together, San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor.
1: So, my listening friends, we've spent a couple hours on the radio together. Many of you have stuck with us all the way through, and I'm sure your notepad is getting chock full of things that you're discovering about where we are and where God wants us to be. And as it was in the days of Noah, so are these days now. You know, the Bible talks about they were marrying and giving in marriage and uh, and they had no clue what was going on until the flood began. But they began to realize that they really should have listened to the evangelization of Noah uh, when the when he was spending that uh, what was a hundred years building the 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 Noah's Ark. So we have a man named Ross Patterson who God has put in place right now to be navigating the excavations in many ways in. Um, Mount Ararat uh, in Turkey, and we need to not only be praying for him, but some of us may be uh, activated beyond the prayer. You know, there's prayer and there's activation within that prayer for us to do. We've been praying it, and God says, okay, you're praying it. Now activate yourself to be participating in it. So, so uh, Ross, I think that's what's happening right now, and you're in a focal point right now uh, of of this particular a- action for Noah's Ark uh, at Mount Ararat in Turkey. So I'm going to hand the baton to you, and you can close this however you want, and I'll keep you apprised of the time when we have to go away. My friend, I hope you appreciate how uh, Ross has been spending some time with us all the way from New Zealand, and we're going to hand the baton back to him, uh, my co-host on this broadcast. Ross, give it to us.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Kiss. I appreciate that very much. Yes, um, just a couple of thoughts as you're talking there. Um, I do feel very privileged to have been invited over to, to partner with this organization to, through the process. Um, none of us are indispensable, and God can use anyone. God used shepherds to announce the birth of the Messiah. He bypassed the, the theologians in Jerusalem and announced it to farm workers. <laughs> you yes, know, yes. And I feel very privileged in that way. Because I'm not an archaeologist. I'm a computer programmer by trade. Um, but I guess, and the message is, and we're all in the same boat, if we say, Lord, here I am, use me in whatever way you wish, God can and he will, you know. Yes. So I don't have any special qualifications, perhaps other than willingness to serve God. And all of us can have that. Um, yeah, and I like the way you brought out Jesus' pointed. To this. He says, as it was in the days of Noah. You know, this is a, an illustration to the world as the conditions were in Noah's day, so it will be just before he comes back.
1: By the way, look at, look at the news, my friend. <laughs> Many would say those conditions uh, of then are now. Let the Holy Spirit convict Absolutely. and convince you of that. Back to you, Ross.
2: You're you are absolutely right. If you go through Matthew 24, you know, the signs that Jesus gave to proceed coming. We're absolutely living in that. You know, I've got friends in New Zealand from South Africa, and that country's in turmoil at the moment. Oh you know, there's pestilence. We see a global pestilence happening at the moment. There's The signs are all shouting, you know, we're going through that Matthew chapter 24 chapter. And, of course, he concludes that chapter right at the end, verses 37 or 39 around there, he says, as the days of Noah were. So I could believe that God will have this site excavated as a, as a draw card, shall we say, to draw attention to the fact that when Noah gave his message, the world listened but didn't pay heed. Mm. And likewise, we have a message as Christians today to the world, wake up, the end of all things is at hand. And again, people have to listen. My, my, my. will make a choice. You know, there's that passage in Joel where it says, multitudes in the valley of decision, decision. you know, it reads. Yes. Yeah.
1: My listening friend. The, I, I, the
2: Lord I, is near.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I, I hope that uh, Ross's words are, are pricking your heart right now. God wants us, you know, we've lived our lives. many of us have lived many years as Christians, but this is the time not only of the prayer that we've been praying, and sometimes we pray it passively and sometimes we pray it seriously, but it's beyond prayer now. It's activation, and God wants us to activate us and say, I've called you for this time, this very time, and be listening because I have some uh, tasks for you to accommodate so that we can have worldwide evangelism, worldwide evangelism, in preparation for the coming of Messiah. Oh, man, man. You've got to put three or four minutes here before we have to cut this to a close. But you know, is there anything that you have not said that needs to be said or what needs to be summarized that you have said? I'm going to hand it back to you, Ross Patterson. <laughs> See, you, you know, you well, it's yeah. not sliding by here. You're a, You're a co-host here, so you have some responsibility, please. <laughs> I'm teasing you now.
2: Fair sure enough, thank you. <laughs> well, just I could just add this little footnote. If, if anything I've shared isn't clear, or if people have questions or want to know more, just feel free to to flick me an email, um, or even phone me up. Happily, would this email, talk, Ross, so.
1: can you, can I give the email that you gave to me, or is there a better one? At Ross at Discovery, it's
2: probably a better. Yes, that that will work, or the um, the one on the website com. There's a contact page there. So, okay, yeah, may I'm I give the other one on the air to. or
1: not? You mind? ross at discoverynew dot net yes, ross at discoverynews dot net or the other one is again
2: uh ross at
1: arcdig dot art dot yep very good i k
2: d i g dot com
1: very good okay we've got a few remaining remind room. i can say these words i actually can because i'm an announcer we have a few remaining minutes in this show how do you want to conclude
3: uh ross
2: well, I would say this that this is I would say the most exciting time in Earth's history. We're we're reaching a crescendo, you know. Um, everything's coming together, the events foretold in Matthew twenty four are happening, the unfulfilled prophecies and revelation are on the verge. We can see the the stage is being set up like never before for the fulfillment of of the book of Revelation, the unfulfilled portion. So Lord we just say, Lord, guide us, help us through the minefield that life is. We know that if we stay close to the Lord, no matter what happens, God can preserve His people. You know their story in Daniel chapter three, when Daniel's friends stood up against mm. the, the the command of the king to bow yes. down.
1: Yes, Shadrach, Abednego, my my, fiery that, flames.
2: That's yes, them, ha. <laughs> I mean, for them, that, that was it. That was a death sentence. But, you know, God vindicated them in front of everyone else who'd, who'd, who'd bowed to the pressure and, and, and bowed to the image. Um, God vindicated them in front of everybody. And God wants champions like that, you know, people who stand for God despite a world that's trying to swim the other way. You know, it's. Oh, it's um, and what a wonderful opportunity we have. And I feel very privileged to be having been tapped on the shoulder to. To help initiate this project yes. And so if people want to help Either financially or in the flesh Come along and help I'd love to hear from them
1: And once again the communication the, for, the connection for, for them uh, To tell to tell you that they want to help And ask what ways They can be of help Once again the connection information The contact information
2: Yes you can email me at Ross at com, Or the other one Ross at discoverynews.net, or visit the website. And um, there's that uh, YouTube channel Revelation18 Media has some good videos on there. A friend of mine set that up, and there's some details about the project amongst the videos there. So, and thank you, Kaz, for the for the opportunity to share. I oh, Appreciate the invite very very much.
1: You're welcome. My listening friend, you have an assignment after this broadcast. You have an assignment. You need to be praying for uh, what God is doing in. Uh, Places like Turkey, are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely. He's doing things also in what we would call Iran and Iraq. He's doing things in Israel. He's doing things uh, in Saudi Arabia. He's doing things all over the Middle Eastern area to bring glory to him. And prayer is one thing, and it's wonderful, but my commission to you is be have prayer that is uh, activated so god's going to stir you to do something as well and don't don't say you know i'm an armchair quarterback no 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 more armchair quarterback god wants to have activation of his saints because we're the ones who are going to share and show forth god's glory by our testimony and therein shall the world be evangelized so uh, a a 30 second word of encouragement uh, ross uh, patterson and then we have to go
2: Yes, well, I believe God is going to show to the world at the end days that, you know, who's boss? He's going to roll back the darkness. It's been covering people for a long time, and it's, it's going to be paradigm changing for many people. Uh-huh. But the key thing is this, when we hear God's voice, when we hear the truth, follow it through, chase it up, listen to it. You know, if it means a sacrifice, it's worth it to follow God is worth it. Sacrificing oh everything, you know, yes, what yes. what can we possibly give up that that is of value compared to accepting God's call on our lives?
1: My my, Ross Patterson, there's no way that I could have done a better job closing this broadcast. My listening friend, come together, San Diego. Our whole heart cry is for us to come together to hear the voice of the Lord and uh, singularly and collectively do God's bidding, because the world needs to hear from us through the voice of the Lord from within, as it is was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. And Ross Patterson, a remarkable man. Thank you for spending some time with us. My listening friend, we'll see you again next week. This is Come Together San Diego with uh, your host and co-host, Ross Patterson, and me,
0: Kaz Taylor. God bless. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all Come Together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on K Praise.